Hello everybody, welcome back to Witch Fix. I've been taking a break from recording because my allergies have been terrible, and then today I thought I was okay and I've just come upstairs and they've just kicked in with a vengeance, so I apologise if my voice sounds weirdly stuffy. I can't hear out of one of my ears right now, so it's not ideal. But I wrote down all my notes and I want to record this episode because I just watched Bewitched, as in the movie from 2005 starring Nicole Kidman and Will Farrell, and I have some fucking thoughts. Uh, so let's go, shall we? You might have forgotten this movie, obviously it, it came out in 2005, which is over 10 years ago now, um, which is, you know, a long time, and it wasn't in incredibly successful. The bottom line of its, like, Wikipedia intro is Bewitched opened theatrically on June 24th, 2005 to negative reviews and box office disappointment. Um, so that's unfortunate. It was also called an unmitigated disaster by the New York Times and the actual like actors, actresses in it got nominated for a lot of Golden Raspberry Worst Appearance Awards. So there we go. That's like a lot. It wasn't a successful movie, uh, but it did turn up on Netflix, and I had watched it years ago, I think probably when it first came out, when I was just scrambling to watch any movie with a witch in, because um, I was not as discerning as I am now. <laughs> um, but I remember watching it and hating it, and I was like, you know what, I've got a, a free afternoon, let's do this. So, obviously this is a film related to the sitcom Bewitched. I saw a couple of episodes of that when I was growing up. Uh, obviously it was American and it was before my time, so I didn't watch a huge amount of it, but again, it, it filtered into my consciousness. I know the basic outline of the whole soap opera idea, if not a lot about like the side characters, aside from Samantha and Darren, who are the, the main characters of the TV show. The plot of the movie, then, is that they are making a movie of the TV show Bewitched. Oh, it's so meta. And the actress, or previously unknown actress, cast to play Samantha, the, the witch in the sitcom, is a witch in real life, and for some reason witches in real life work exactly like they do on the sitcom Bewitched, which is something that is not really explained to anyone's satisfaction. So you've got kind of the dual love story of her and the actor playing Darren, and also like the on-screen love story and like references to Bewitched, the sitcom. It's not like a terrible idea, but it is a very weird idea, and I have no idea how they came up with this. As I said, the main roles are played by Nicole Kidman, who plays Isabel Bigelow, the witch who plays Samantha in the sitcom, and Will Farrell, who is Jack, last name I can't remember, who is the actor who plays Darren. So there's a lot of like people having two names in this movie, but I just wanted to mention at the outset that this is literally the worst and least charismatic duo that I could ever imagine. They completely don't mesh well. It really does not ignite the love story in any reasonable sense. And it was so bad at one point that I just made a list of other people that I thought could have done the roles better. And we'll get into that towards the end. But for now, the plot. So we start off with Isabel. The intro music is very not bewitched. Uh, it would have been cool if they'd have used the original theme here, but they just don't. It's just some sort of standard pop music and shots of, I guess, LA. There's a lot of palm trees. But she lands in front of a condo with her cat and her broomstick, very witch style, and she holds up a tiny like business card that says for rent. And then with the change of perspective, this becomes a sign outside of the condo. So the condo is now for rent. And when she like tugs on her earlobe, 
little signs fall down underneath it that say it's furnished and that she doesn't need any references when she is asked to provide them. This opens up so many questions as to how magic actually works. When she puts this for rent sign outside of the house, where do the people go who presumably already lived there? Because if it was already for rent, it would already have a sign. It also says open house today, so somehow this creates a real estate agent to show her around. One of the things that really annoys me about the film is that they don't really do a lot of thinking about how the magic is like affecting the world. Like, at one point, she's told that she can't get breakfast after 11, and so she does magic, and the clock flicks back to before 11. Fine. But the waitress, presumably, already knows what time it is, so did she just rewind time? We're shown she can do that later, but it doesn't look like this when she does it. So, it's very unclear how her powers actually work, but whatever. She moves into the house, and she wiggles her ear a bunch to create herself a Volkswagen Beetle and a cat door appears in the door and it's all very cute. Uh, I kind of like some of the way that magic is used in this, I just don't like the way it's not explained. She heads out to Bed Bath & Beyond to buy some stuff to put in her house, which I get that she's doing that because she wants to be normal and that's kind of the point of the movie is that she's trying to be immortal, but she already made a car with magic, why can't she make towels? Confusing. She meets her dad who is played by Michael Caine, uh, who is great in this movie, perfectly cast, unlike a lot of other people, uh, who basically talks to her about how she doesn't know what she's doing, she shouldn't be here, and she says that she's sick of a life of instant gratification, she doesn't want to just point her finger at stuff and have it happen, she wants to have a real life and find a real love that isn't, you know, to do with magic, or that isn't contingent upon both of you being able to wish anything you want into existence. She wants to have arguments about what colour to paint the bathroom. There's quite a funny line in here which I actually remember from when I originally watched the movie uh, where she says that she wants to have days when her hair is affected by the weather which I thought was really funny and probably one of three jokes that actually made me laugh in the film but it was just quite funny to me that it kind of brought to mind all these like TV witches who always have like perfect hair and it kind of reminded me of that. After being introduced to Isabel, we meet Jack, played by Will Ferrell. He's just coming off of a failing movie, which I think is called, like, Last Year in Kathmandu. We never really find out anything about this movie. We see a clip of it at some point, but it would have been interesting to see why this was such a failure. Like, is it because it was very highbrow compared to other stuff that he'd done? And maybe he wanted to be a serious actor, but people only wanted to see him in, like, shitty rom-coms and stuff like that would have been an interesting layer of like dimension but we don't get that he is being told that he's like going to do this tv series and his agent tells him not to be a pussy because he initially goes into this interview and is like hey i really want it to be like a really good ensemble cast i want to make a successful show that doesn't have like one star and his agent is like no you are the star and you need to like be insistent on that so then he comes out and insists that they find an unknown to play Samantha so obviously he won't be overshadowed. This leads to him uh, obviously going to a lot of casting calls where we see people being terrible Samanthas and then he happens upon uh, Isabel who has decided she needs to get a normal human job and he sees her wiggle her nose and instantly he's like she's going to be in the TV show. She's previously said that she wants to be needed so 
as soon as he's like, I really need you to be in this show, and he's so desperate, she finds that really attractive, because that's what she's looking for, uh, and agrees to be in the show. They do a screen test, which doesn't go too well, she kind of sucks at reading a script, but then they do a little bit of improv, and because she's basically just telling the truth about being a witch, it goes over really well, and all the writers, like, laugh, and she gets the part. We're then introduced to Isabel's neighbour, she's going to be, like, part of Isabel's friend circle, although there isn't a huge amount of chemistry between the friends, but she's played by Kristen Chenoweth, which is apparently her first movie role, so huzzah! Unfortunately, her arrival just made it more and more obvious that Nicole Kidman was probably not the right person to play this role. Um, I feel like Kristen Chenoweth could have done it herself and it would have been a little bit more believable, because I, I don't know why, I just don't think of Nicole Kidman as a comedy actress. I think of her as, like, a drama actress. Even in films like Australia, where it has, like, elements of comedy, it's still mostly serious. Um, yeah, I, I was watching this trying to remember if I'd ever seen her in a comedy movie before, and I, I blanked completely, so there we go. There's not really much point to this exchange with her friend, except that her dad shows up and says, like, he's disappointed in Isabel for being in a show like Bewitched, which is insulting to real witches, which is kind of a bizarre claim to make when it is the exact same thing as their normal lives. It's not misrepresenting them in any way, because it seems to be completely the same. So, I don't get that. But in this section, it is revealed that both Jack and Isabel really enjoy watching classic Bewitched, so we get to see that they have something in common. There's some press events, like, building up hype for the TV show. Jack is really controlling of Isabel's time in the spotlight. He doesn't let her talk. Uh, and kind of just pushes her around the stage to where he wants her to be to do what he wants. We meet the lady who's playing Endora, Samantha's mother on the show. Her name is Iris, and she's also kind of a diva, um, and has a negative relationship with Jack. We find out about Jack's failed marriage on top of his failed movie, so obviously he really needs this to work. We get a little montage of some filming scenes, and the basic takeaway from this is that Jack gets all the jokes, all the lines, Isabel never gets to say anything, um, so the show has become all about him, and he, she doesn't really get screen time or words, and definitely no jokes. She seems completely unaware of this until she overhears him talking to his agent, who says that she is clueless about how little of a role that she has, and um, he suggests that she's like gaga over Jack, which Jack seems to find kind of interesting and like he might maybe reciprocate this crush, but it's the overwhelming negative comments about her that is her takeaway. And she storms off set, annoyed that she's been used and is consoled by Maria, her neighbor, and also Nina, who appears to be some sort of like technician or assistant on set, but who I think wants to be a writer I don't know, her storyline is really undeveloped. She asks herself, what would Samantha do? And kind of looks at a picture of, of Samantha from the original show. And the picture's eyes narrow. And she's like, oh, I'm going to get him. So she like storms back onto set in a, a literal storm. And sets Jack's coffee machine on fire. And proceeds to like mess with him with magic. Making him overact. And then act only in Spanish. And then do a valley girl voice. And I wish any of this had made me laugh. But it, it really did. Um, I just don't like that kind of acting. It's that same kind of like Jim Carrey thing where it's just a guy doing a bunch of like voices and being silly and I, I, I just, it's not my thing, but other people obviously would find it funny. It's just a very personal thing. While filming a scene where a dog is meant to go to Jack over 
um, Daryl's uh, Darren's ex on the show. Um, Isabel decides to mess with him and make the dog jump to her. And then Nina comes up to her and gives her a post-it and is like, hey, if the dog comes to you again, say this. So she's written a joke um, for Isabel to say. And when the dog jumps into her arms again, she says, oh, I'm, it's lucky you don't have a Great Dane. Which isn't a great joke, but everyone on set laughs and it's like she's getting her moment in the spotlight. And I thought this was going to be the start of kind of a storyline, like a sub storyline for Nina, where, you know, she gets to be taken more seriously as a writer, but that doesn't really happen. And then we kind of forget that she exists in the latter half of the movie. Michael Caine turns up again to warn Isabel about what she's doing and to call her out on using magic when she said she wasn't going to. He also professes that he has a crush on the actress playing Endora and Isabel begs him not to get involved, but Michael Caine don't listen to nobody. Isabel then sees Jack claim on an, a television interview to which she was not invited that he coached her on how to do her nose wiggle, which is basically the only thing she gets to do for the show. So she gets annoyed. Uh, Nina calls her and then says that Jack is being a dick. And Isabel's response to this is, what's a dick? Which again is one of those things that's like a kind of throwaway, like, oh, this is meant to be funny. Like her taking a little sign out of her bag to make the house for rent. But it raises a lot of questions. Like, does this woman not know what a penis is? Because she's over 30 and has said that she has dated before. Um, and it kind of feeds into this whole thing about um, Isabel as a character. She's putting on this like, I'm a little wispy girly voice. And is like coming across as like really naive and innocent. And I think she would be about things in like the mortal world but not necessarily about, like, basic biology that is probably also shared by male witches. So it was really confusing. Nina and Maria get together to discuss, like, plans to get rid of Jack, and Isabel's Aunt Clara shows up, who's meant to be, like, Aunt Clara from the show, who I don't really remember, but the, the basic impression of her I got was that she's just a kind of klutz and not very good at magic. They decide to hex jack so maria and nina get to do their best steven nicks impersonations uh while aunt clara and isabel actually do the hex um and it's basically just to make him behave himself but they make it way too strong and he shows up the next day obsessed with isabel uh when they give him the test scores for like the the unscreened episodes and he's got like 30 percent approval and she's on 90 uh, he's just happy for her, but obviously it's, it's not real. Isabel begins to pick up on this as the day goes on. But he praises her a lot, insists that she's in every scene, puts in jokes for her, and takes Nina's suggestion that in the show, like the modern show, uh, Samantha should be a CEO or have a job and not just be a housewife. The lady playing Indora then kind of confronts Isabel off screen and is like, hey, you shouldn't have a relationship with an actor that you're acting with. And then this is the only moment that actually made me laugh out loud because Michael Caine comes out of a tunnel uh, to, like, hit on Endora or, like, the actress playing Endora. And then two prop guys pick up the tunnel and carry it away because, obviously, he just walked out of it because he's a witch. That made me laugh. It was it was very funny. There's some visual jokes with him as well where he appears on, like, a packet of fish fingers as, like, Captain Birdseye and then also as the Green Giant. Um... Also fairly amusing. Jack asks Isabel out on a date, and she's kind of powerless to say no, but is determined to undo the hex as soon as he arrives, but she can't do it. They end up going on the date, uh, they talk a bit about how they were both homeschooled and have various other things in common, and he's about to kiss her when she decides 
she has to undo the hex because none of this is real. So she freezes what they're doing and then another her comes out of the house to stand behind her and it's like, did she send a double on this date? I'm confused as to what's happening here. But then she essentially rewinds, like the rewind symbol appears on the screen. But way back before the beginning of the date, to like when, before they did the hex, before they even had the conversation about doing it, which means that Nina's suggestions are no longer in the show and nothing has changed. So Nina's storyline just kind of comes to a grounding halt there. But there we go. Isabel decides to go and talk to him the mortal way and talk about how his behaviour is shitty. And this is, to be honest, kind of the best handling of a love spell I've ever seen in a movie. So I'll give it that. The next day, obviously, the test scores are revealed again. But Jack takes it really badly and gets really annoyed that Isabel is so popular because she isn't even given any lines that she's still more popular than him. She ends up yelling at him and calling him a jerk when he won't let her speak. And then accuses him of being selfish and says the show is failing because it's meant to be about a marriage and the problems they face together. But he only cares about himself and his own problems. He's blown away by her honesty, chases her down and gets her to do one more taping. So they're going to redo the show and see what the approval ratings are for it to see if they can save it. They tape it and it's very funny and popular. We see a montage of scenes that work really well and are very much like classic Bewitched. They then keep kissing after someone says cut and it's clear that they are falling in love. There's still 30 minutes left of this movie, by the way. It's not the fastest. The next day there's kind of a random pointless scene where Jack's ex-wife shows up and then she agrees to a divorce because Isabel puts a spell on her. Blah, blah, blah. It's not that important. But this facilitates a party at Jack's house because obviously now his ex-wife's not there. He can have his house back. And he gives a toast to Isabel saying, to a woman who would never trick me into believing that she was something else. Oh, so ironic. So she instantly decides that she needs to tell him the truth. And we see Michael Caine um, flirting with a waitress. And then the lady who plays Indora uh, gestures at her and she begins to say things that put her off uh, put him off her so it's clear that she is a witch and this remains a secret for the rest of the movie which i did find funny isabel tells jack that she's a witch he goes through the stages of not believing her and then being terrified um, because she flies him around on her broom for a bit and then he snatches up a branch and threatens her with it like she's a wild coyote uh, and until she leaves um so she flies away she's probably gonna leave she quits the, the TV show and Jack goes into a tailspin as they try and recast Samantha um, because everything he sees reminds him of her. He sees like a broom in a cleaning cart and he starts crying. Little witch children come trick-or-treating at his house and he starts crying. It's kind of funny. So Isabel decides to leave and I guess go back to witch world or wherever witches come from. Unclear. Michael Caine arrives to talk to her about how he thinks Endora might be a witch, but again, it's never confirmed nor denied to him, so it kind of remains a secret. But he says to her that home, and like the home she's talking about going to, he says it's wherever you've been the happiest, so that's probably going to come back later. Not that there's much later left. Meanwhile, Steve Carell appears as Uncle Arthur, who is Jack's favourite character on the original show, Again, I can't remember him from the few episodes that I saw. But he's just kind of like a weird guy who has appeared to him as a hallucination to help him get to the end of the movie, basically. To convince him that everything he feels about Isabel is real and that it's not because she's a witch and that he needs to go to her. So, he goes to her. 
They see her flying on her broom and chase after her in a car. And she has gone to the soundstage, which is where she was the happiest when they were in their, like, weird fake marriage date hanging around their bubble. Uh, and he tells her that Samantha had all this worked out. She had a husband and, like, a life in the normal world, and so can she. And he wants to be with her. And then we get a cut to, like, some point in the future where they've arrived at a real version of the soundstage house. And he carries her across the threshold and the neighbours are looking out the window and reacting like this is the first episode of Bewitched. So where to start with this movie? It's pretty competent. I don't think uh, it, it's, it's like a bad idea for a film. I think it could have worked. The writing is not very funny, I will say. I didn't get a lot of jokes from it. I'm the kind of person that likes a lot of those like quick sarcastic kind of humorous jokes and not so much the kind of cringy uncomfortable comedy um that you get in a lot of films that have will ferrell in them so it's not necessarily the kind of comedy that i really like but the story overall if it had had like some better jokes in it some more like fun visual things then I probably would have liked it a lot more. The main stumbling block for me was that I didn't buy Nicole Kidman as Isabel or Samantha, and I didn't buy Will Ferrell as Jack, because they just seem completely miscast for this movie. And I was sort of sitting there thinking, like, who, if, if I was, like, going to redo this movie, who would I have star in it? And what, honestly, the name that jumped out at me, uh, just from thinking about other rom-coms that I enjoy, was Hugh Jackman who you might not think of as, like, Mr. Romantic Comedy. But he was in Kate and Leopold, which is one of the best romantic comedies I've ever seen. And I think that came out in 2001, which is only four years before this movie. Uh, and in that film, he's, like, a, a guy from the past who accidentally falls in a river and time travels to modern-day New York, which is, like, in the early 2000s, and falls in love with Meg Ryan, who's a, a modern-day New York lady. And I think he'd work in this because he has that kind of look. He's, like, conventionally attractive. He could pull off being kind of like a douchebag actor who needs to learn about real love and real life outside of his own little career bubble. I don't really buy Will Ferrell as that actor because he kind of doesn't really look like a big-time movie star actor. Especially, not, like, not in this movie and, like, the way he's acted the part. It just doesn't seem that believable. And I feel like for the role of Isabel, you need someone who can do that kind of wide-eyed, naive thing more convincingly than Nicole Kidman, who is, to me at least, mostly like a serious drama actress. Someone like, you know, your Anna Ferris, your Amy Adams, your Zoe Deschanel's, that kind of thing. And while I was watching it, what it really reminded me of was the Enchanted movie. You know, with Patrick Dempsey and Amy Adams, where she comes out of, like, a fairy tale world, and she has that whole thing going on, and he's just, again, like, this normal guy. It kind of needed that, and then some better comedy, and then I think it kind of would have worked better. The most annoying part of it for me was when Steve Carell showed up, weirdly, as Uncle Arthur, because just looking at him, I was like, I feel like if you had been in this movie as Jack from the start, it would have been funnier even without any rewrites. And I feel like he was wasted by just giving him this, like, bit part at the end. I feel like he just does genuine human emotion a lot better. So yeah, it was, it was really unfortunately miscast, I think. I think it would have worked better with other people and maybe a slightly different script, but 
If you're looking for a rom-com with witches in it, I think this is probably the only one. Please get in touch if you have other ones. I mean, I count Practical Magic as maybe that, but it has more, like, serious stuff in there. And Nicole Kidman, because she's better at being serious. Don't at me. But if you can think of any other ones, do get in touch, because it's a genre that I would be keen to explore. People keep recommending The Good Witch, and I still have not seen it. But I can't think of anything else in those veins, so get back to me with that. And in the meantime, let me know what you thought of Bewitched. Have you thought about it at all since 2005? No, me neither. I'll see you in the next one. Bye!